Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Schultz. Training camp is underway for the Seahawks. This might be my final episode via Field Goals, but we can get into that later. And the big news, DK Metcalf is signing a three-year contract extension with the Seahawks. Clinton Bonner joining me to talk about it as he's trying to flash his DK Metcalf rookie card for all of us. But yet his his Zoom uh, background does not want to cooperate. <laughs> well. It looks kind of uh, celestial, though, right? It's just like <laughs> the, this is what the web picked up. Yeah, it's not picking it up so nice, but it's a beauty. It's a rated rookie, a little, uh, little PSA 10. I love the rated rookies. They're just they're crisp, aren't they? They're so crisp. So, yeah, man, fired up about this. This was. I don't know about you, Brandon. I was getting a little worried, you know, because of just just because of the very recent past on I'm like, well, are they going to just kind of now sell the farm and be like, yep, we are in tank mode or no, we think we have a decent roster to possibly a good roster and we are we're going to go for it, but in a different way than we have in the last decade. And it's it's the latter, not the former. And that's a lot better, Brandon. Well, this was something that I know I'd been expecting. I, yes, I, I I recognize that that was a concern for people because as soon as you get rid of Russell, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, if we get rid of Russ, that means we're tanking and why not get rid of everybody else who's good and start from the ground, like the bare, like the bottom floor with all due respect to, to guys like Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett. Mm. And well, I suppose he would be in that conversation of guys that you get rid of, but they got rid of Bobby. They got rid of Russ. It, it kind of felt like a, a new start for everything. And yeah, so you did worry that DK could be gone too. But as soon as we got past the draft, I was beyond that. I, I was sure that they were going to sign DK to an extension. I was actually kind of hoping it would be a little bit more long-term but yeah. three years, $72 million, it's, it probably works out well for DK because, yes, he gets a, a big chunk of change right now. And mm-hmm. three years from now, just as we saw this blow up of contracts for wide receivers this offseason, it's going to continue to grow. And so, yeah, why not take a three-year deal? And that way you can get paid all the more sooner rather than taking one of these long-term deals. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's super smart for him, right? I mean, bottom line is he's 24. He just got $30 million of a signing bonus, $58 million, which I think broke the record for wide receiver, guaranteed money, and the $72 million for the three years. So um, bravo. You know, he's, he's done he's, and and also deserved. I'm sure we'll go through some of the stats too about like where he ranks in those first three seasons against some of, you know, some of the the folks that have done it before. Um I was like, okay, that's awesome. It's signed. And I'm like, oh man, like I I just I guess we become become kind of a so trained to think of the four-year deal, the four-year extension, right? So it's right. like get this year plus the four-year extension and to only get three years. But if I'm DK, geez, okay, he becomes a free agent when he's 27. That's still prime time. And uh, you know that means he has three to four more prime, prime years after all that new you know, TV money, the, the streaming deals come in because uh, it's going to blow it up even further. But hey, good for him, good for us way, way better than getting rid of top players who are 24 years old. And now we get to see a quarterback, whichever one, who likes to throw the ball DK, throw the ball DK. DK is good with any or every quarterback. That, that's that's what you expect. That's what you expect with Tyler. And so, yeah, the hope going into the season is that any quarterback that you put back there, whether it is Drew or Gino, and we can talk a little bit about what Pete Carroll had to say about that competition so far in the press conference yeah. this week. 
But yeah, yeah, you hope that those guys will help carry you along with the running game. They're going to need an offensive line to do it uh, as well. So with any contract deal, there are negotiations that way it benefits both sides. And and with this DK deal, uh, you could see that with the annual per year amount, it ends up slotting in under guys like Cup, under guys like A.J. Brown, even who came out of the same yeah. draft class and uh, Devonte Adams. So he comes in under those amount in terms of annual per year, but then he gets that largest guarantee signing bonus for a yeah. receiver. So it, you can see where the trade-offs are in this. And yeah, that APY could benefit the Seahawks where as yet he, he has the, uh, the highest ever signing bonus for a receiver that he can, he can say he got. Yeah. One thing that comes to mind for me is like, you know, if, if Russ was still here, he's not, but if he was, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a four year, four year extension, right? Mm. Because, because it's like, okay, but, but if it's, if I'm DK and I'm his agent, okay, I can get the three year extension. I could get generational money, which he just got. And if things don't turn fairly quickly, you know, year and a half type thing, he could be like, you know, after year two, be like, okay, guys, put me on the block. You know, yeah. like, I don't, I don't want to report again. I want another extension to just hold out again. And then, and then say like, I want to trade at that point. I'm not wishing that for our Seahawks because that would mean two bad years. But if I'm DK, I want to, I want to curb that a little bit. I want to, I want to check that and make sure it's a, uh, make sure it's going to, it, it works in my favor. And I think, I think it's again, I think all around really smart deal. I'm just excited for this. We talked about it a lot, Brandon. Russ did not use the middle of the field. This is not slight. This is not like, you know, pissing on Russ's grave when he's out, out the door. We would all like Russ to still be here with us. He's not. You go back and look at heat maps of where he threw the ball. He did not throw the ball over the middle of the field. Yet, DK can use the middle of the field. We've seen it. He's exploited teams before. Little drag routes, little things across the middle where he gets to turn on the afterburners and get a tremendous amount of yak. But that wasn't Russ's game. So whoever it is, whether it's Drew or Gino, that's my biggest expectation and hope is get this dude the ball in motion. I'm not saying jet sweeps, I mean, but like in stride within eight to 10 yards and watch what he can do from a yak perspective, because we know he can do it. He did that, that one play against the Niners that we always call out little drag route, burnt everybody down the sidelines, gone for 60 yards, like more of that, please. Like a lot more of that too. More touches for DK, more touchdowns yes. for DK. Clinton needs that that PSA 10 rookie card to keep going up so <laughs> he can keep getting them checks. That's right. Speaking Absolutely. of getting them checks, we got our Ryan at 911 with the super chat says, Go Hawks, love these live shows. Hope you're doing okay, Clinton, after the Chris Carson news. Yeah, no, that's what we call us. It's a financial segue, not just a segue, a financial segue. So, hey, thank you, Ryan. That's you know, really nice of you, man. And I uh, and want to recognize that. I see, and I'm sure Brandon, you do, you do as well, that you do this quite a bit. So thank you. Very, 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 very kind of you, to be honest. Um, yeah, the Chris Carson news, it was, I had kind of turned the mental switch off in my brain that he was gone, you know, and we had, you know, we had the chance to interview him pretty recently. And even during that interview, I personally got the sense that he was, he, he certainly wanted to keep playing, but I think in his heart, it seemed to me like he already was resigning to the fact that he probably knew he probably knew his fate uh just it, it seemed he seemed a little bit almost like melancholy you know and maybe, maybe it was because he had to go do that interview or whatever it was but we he was just talking to you and he's like what am i doing here and you interpreted yeah. it as sadness toward his potential future that's fine 
<laughs> yeah. And then we, and then I tried to get Noah Fant on screen and that didn't work either, but that's okay. <laughs> it's still a great memory. And like, and, but speaking of memories, man, like I love that dude. I, that to me, I love, I love running the football. Like I am an, I am an okay 28 to 32 attempts per game from your, from your, you know, quarterback and get your prime running back 18 to 20 touches, 22 touches a game. It's definitely old school. Doesn't happen as much as I think it ought to. Um, but Chris Carson went healthy was, was that. And then some great short career. I'm going to miss the guy. Uh, but I'll also think of him super fondly, man. It's just like, he just epitomizes to me what a high quality NFL running back is. And I think still will be going into the future. The news wasn't surprising, but it was, it, it did. It, it brought closure to something that we've been waiting to get closure on. And yeah, I, I suppose they had to wait until people were doing their physicals and that sort of thing to, to be able to make the, the actual announcement. The Seahawks putting him on uh, whatever injury waiver so that way he can uh, get whatever he needs to beyond his football career in terms yep. of health care and that sort of thing. So Good. sounds like they're doing the, the right thing with regard to Chris Carson. And yeah, man, I it, it was a bummer. But hey, it'll all be better when Rashad goes over a thousand yards. And Clinton gets that Penny jersey. Shoot, maybe he even invests in uh, Rashad Penny uh, rookie cards at that point. Yep, they're going up, up, up at this point. Hey, listen, I will gladly, gladly wear that Rashad Penny jersey if and when he goes over the one k the one k marker. By the way, we are starting the uh, the PNW Prop Star show that that we, we're talking about a bit, and we'll we'll have more information about that. The Rashad Penny over under for yards for the year. I'm just just bear with me for a second. It's it's around like Vegas is saying like 720 or 770. So Vegas is saying, all right, you know, okay year. But if Penny could be, you know, not 70% of what he was down the stretch, he's a 1500 yard back. He was on pace for two, you know, 2000 yards. The math doesn't exactly work out there, but you get the gist. So Vegas is calling for about 750 yards or so. It's from a gambling perspective. If you think, hey, this team's going to run the ball a lot and Penny can stay healthy, it's a pretty enticing one, Brandon. It's a tough call in terms of predicting an over-under with Penny because, yes. one, you have the injury concerns from the past. Those aren't going away. Two, you signed a second-round running back in Ken Walker, and I'm sure the Seahawks hope to get him involved. And with the Chris Carson news, it makes it all the more obvious that you have two running backs who are going to be capable going into the season. So, I think you have to account for that idea that it could be two backs splitting carries rather than one featured running back. And considering that injury history that Penny has, yeah, you probably do want to split carries at the very least. I, I think so. I think the other major factor, uh, of course, besides the fact that like we will run the ball out this year, like that's just, we're going to run the ball quite a bit this year. We always have, and we'll probably lean back into it more for 2022. Also the big, the big question mark is, Hey, we have, we likely have two starting rookies at tackle, if not right tackle, then then you know current starting, and he's what played as a small handful of games at this point. So our tackles are extremely underexperienced at, at the NFL level. So you put all those things in, into a, a blender, and I think Vegas comes up with a very tantalizing number, but um, still a tough one to, to lay the wood on. But but you were also talking, Brandon, about. Um, you know, lingering injuries and, and injuries that keep popping up. There, we got some other news today, Brandon, that 
I'm surfing Twitter, looking for details on the, on the DK news. I'm breaking out my rated rookie, getting all fired up. And then what do I have to see on the Twitter line? You, we talked about it before we got on. So why don't you, why don't you take the sad baton for me? Because I don't want to say these words, man. I can't believe you're passing this off to me, but I will accept it. But I'm going to need a moment to compose myself. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about it up next. The question that came up before the break or the one that Clinton was trying to get to, what is going on with Jamal Adams? He's been sitting out of practice. He's got an issue with his hand that is keeping him out. It does get frustrating because, yes, here we are at the start of training camp. And generally, you don't get a whole lot of good news this time of year. It's the the injury news. It's the the one contract extension news. I feel like we probably don't have any more that we're waiting on at this point, at least yeah. in the same way that we were with DK. But yeah, Jamal Adams hand still not fully healed. And so vague, right? I mean, and, and of course, what do we expect day two and with Pete Carroll? I'm not expecting, uh, you know, gross detail here, you know, uh, however, he was in front of a podium not that long ago, whether that was June or July being like, yep, it's all good. Jamal Adams, you know, he was like wiggling his fingers, like got the surgery. I'm good. So what's up? Like we, we need him. Like, you know, this is the whole thing. We're going to a three, four We're we're going to, we're going to find a way to weaponize him. Right. That's, that's the big talk. Okay. This is just a, such a, such a you know, potential stick to the spokes here. And, I, and, and I'm shaking my head early going like, what, what was missed in all this time? Or did he hop on the field and feel something like pop or something? Right. It's, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a third choice, like something was missed and or kept a little bit dampened or he got on the field and something legitimately went the wrong way. Um, I'm not sure which one's worse, if any of those are good. Or he just really doesn't like practicing. And this is a way to kind of stay out of practice a little bit longer. But I I, I don't think that that's necessarily the option that, that, uh, yeah. that I would hope for. But Mike Dugar out on Twitter says Jamal Adams will be out for a bit, getting some additional opinions on a hand issue. Pete Carroll says Jamal had broken fingers. He had surgery on in the past. Pete says the current issue is on the same hand. No timetable on Jamal's return. Also no word on potential surgery. So that would be a, a big bummer is if he's getting surgery now you're and then right. you're looking at, you know, earliest at getting on the field around week four. Yeah. Like even Jimmy G got the surgery you know, uh, uh, late, but even he got it done in time that he could now be traded, right? Or su supposedly traded. Like if this would be, I'm not going to jump to conclusions here. However, if it, if it is the case, it's going to be that, that'll be a big time monkey wrench to be like, what happened in all those months that, that we didn't take care of it. And again, I, I can't, I'm not speculating, nor am I uh, casting any, uh, you know, Spurgeons here. I have no idea. I, I don't know. It might just I'm be just, a thing that he can play with once it comes to the season and fine, they don't want fine. to put any extra strain on it in the, in the preseason. Listen, he miraculously got two interceptions like in back-to-back -back <laughs> weeks this year, right? After the year before where he just miraculously couldn't catch a ball. I realize he's got busted fingers, busted shoulder. So I'm, I'm saying that in jest. Um, if he's out there with busted fingers, but he's 90% Jamal Adams. Sure. Let, let's go. That's good. But as we discussed, with uh, Phil, the protector, who I know is in the chat this offseason, <laughs> nice. we were when we were grading the different position groups for the Seahawks, 
it was the safety spot that had plenty of depth. So if we do, if Jamal does need an, a few extra weeks, if he does need to get surgery, it's one of the spots where I'm, I'm actually okay. If he needs to come back week four, week five, week six after a surgery, then uh, and, and he's golden for the rest of the year, then hey, the I I, I don't mind watching Ryan Neal for the no, first four it, weeks. And he and Ryan Neal has proven to be good. Um, I, I but we also talked about again like the guy behind the guy, right? So it's like because because I think there's going to be plenty of plenty of opportunities where Ryan Neal's on the field with Diggs and Adams. Sure, and I think that like, that's going to happen, you know, more than it did last year. Um, which is fun. I like, I love seeing those dudes fly around back there and the NFL is doing more and more of that, right. In general. So we'll see, we'll see, you know, we, we don't know it's, it's day two, but we're getting this kind of weird news, maybe back, maybe back to some of the better stuff. We, we scratched the surface earlier with DK. We talked about the numbers, but maybe just a little bit of talking about, like you were talking about, you know, Hopkins and cup is, is over them and, and AJ Brown got a little more money. But when you stack up DK's um, production so far in three years, that's some pretty elite company, you know. I, I, you know, three comb be damned. Turns out DK Metcalf is pretty good at playing football in the NFL. Chris says you think that they would play Neil or Blair, and that would be one of those training camp battles to watch. I, I know I'd like to see some Blair. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, when you talk about the guy behind the guy, that's uh, that's the guy. Yeah, and coming off another knee, I mean, and I, we talked about Marquise Blair last time we chatted too. Like I, he's just he's just that dude. Some of the fun about watching the NFL is that like. Sometimes I don't like when they give you the the like the all twenty two look. Like they'll take that little sky camera down there. Actually, the, the backdrop of of uh, the Seahawks nest you have right here, right with the Century Link slash Lumen slash Quest, et cetera, et cetera. Um, sometimes I don't like that in the middle of the game because it kind of gives away some things, and I realize that's the point. I rather enjoy when you get the Tecmo Bowl view, and then a dude like Marquise Blair comes screaming like literally off the edge of the screen. And you're like, where did he come from? And that, that's kind of Marquis Blair's thing, right? He's just, he screams off the edge, Tecmo Bowl style. He's hammering that dive button and often blowing people up. So the thing for me is simply like how many injuries and, and what's the, is there a toll? Will he be a little bit slower? Will he be a little bit more hesitant? Who knows? Again, we don't know, but but I, I, I believe in Blair's uh, potential the dude just got to stay on the field more than, more than a couple of uh, games a year. Hopefully we see that like that full season of Blair. Cause I think he's a pretty darn special, special guy himself, man. A full season of Blair would be nice. A, a full season of goat Gino would be nice and, and not goat in a bad way. The, the goat in a good way, as Benjamin points out, uh, Gino's last game, 128.3 QBR. I do think that that was against the Jaguars, but uh, we'll take it. If we can get that kind of production out of Gino every single week, then then yeah, he's he's gonna be our quarterback. And maybe we won't look back and have to wonder if we need to see more Drew Locke on the field because we'll just be chanting Gino's name every single week as he goes 17 and 0 through the regular season. Love the optimism and the 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 math. Um sometimes people say math don't lie. Well, maybe sometimes it, it, it fibs a little bit. However, what else? I mean, hey, the, the QBR is the QBR. Yes, it was the Jags. I think we ended up winning that game 30-3. to three, But the Jags ended up beating the Bills a couple of weeks later and then beat the Colts to, to knock the Colts out at the end of the year when after they got rid of their horrific coach and became a better team because of it. And with that, you know, the DK extension, obviously it looks like DK wants Gino, right? He's working out with Gino in, in the offseason, putting that on social all good, but he's also got Drew's back this offseason yes, too. Does. So he he's yeah, covering true. his bases. Yeah, you know he's it, 
smart guy. We, we certainly, certainly uh, correct on that. But, you know, Gino would throw the ball to DK more potentially, right? So it, it can be exciting. I'm still on team Locke. I'd like to see Locke because I believe the upside is better. However, hey, you know what, Brandon? If it's week freaking one and we're trotting out against you know, Monday Night Football, we're trotting out there and the call is Gino. Well, get, I'm going to be rooting for the front of the jersey and it's going to say Seahawks right here. And, and if that's Gino, then so be it. I, I have to come to that still. It's like, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Glock will still get the opportunity. Uh, but if it's not, then so be it. The piece for me, Brandon, is that like, I feel like Carol is still quite conservative and the, 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 oh, he knows the playbook better. He has the extra years in the system. I think is going to win out. So you've been saying that pretty much all off season and I'm starting to come to your side of it that I think you're right. I think that is who's going to start, uh, even if it's not what I want. My guess, though, is that we'll get a few weeks into the season uh, and Gino won't be posting 128.3 quarterback ratings every single week. Probably and, not, yeah. and then they'll have an opportunity to make the transition and they will. That's just the way it'll happen. But Maybe not. Maybe we'll yeah. see something in preseason from Drew. It'll make it obvious that he's the guy. Everybody will be behind it. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. And we've, we've, we've teased the the DK stuff enough. So I, I, one of the things that, that I did pull was, I mean, I think she's, I know he's got the 29 touchdowns. You start just putting touchdown production. And, you know, people people who play fantasy football and such are like, well, touchdowns are more random. You know, Julio Jones would rack up all this, but not get touchdowns and yada, yada, yada. Got all these different examples. Calvin Johnson had that like a freaking monster year where I think he had three or six touchdowns, but had like, you know, 1700 yards, you know, touchdowns are random. Well, they are and they aren't right. Like in the sense that the dudes at the top of that list for most touchdowns, the first two, first of all, are Randy Moss and Jerry Rice. So I, I, I don't see, I don't see random yet. You know, that, that doesn't <laughs> seem too random to me. And yes, DK is a little bit, you know, Odell's up there too. Yeah, and, and if you if you think about, I think Odell had thirty five touchdowns in the first three years. DK had twenty nine. I think Moss had forty three or something like that. Something ridiculous, right? And, and if you think through, it's like think about Odell's first three years. Uh, besides just that catch against Dallas, like he was like, holy crap, this guy's a surefire Hall of Famer at mm -hmm. that point, right? It was like he can't miss. So just on the you know touchdown production alone, um, he's up in some super super elite territory with with first three year receivers. That's why you pay that guy. That's why you don't trade the guy ahead of the draft. You want stars on your team and DK Metcalf destined to be a star. And I think he's going to make whoever ends up being the quarterback better. You know, maybe that's a rookie next year. And maybe that's the hope for some of us as well is that, okay, let's get through <laughs> this year with whoever we got to get through. Let's, let's get the top guy that the Seahawks are able to based on their, their draft position, because you know, the Broncos are going to go one and 16 and we'll have nice. the number one draft pick overall. Let's, let's ride. <laughs> and yeah, we can, we can ride that. Let's ride curse all the way to our next quarterback. Oh, speaking of real quick, before I hopped on, I want to give some love to uh, Vincent Parker and the Seahawks ring of, ring of honor, the Seahawkers pot ring of honor. Did you see those grotesque oh my AI? <laughs> so, oh my so, so he, whatever that thing is called that does the auto, the AI generated artwork where you put some words in and it just creates quote unquote art. Um, I don't know what he put in, but I'm assuming it was like Broncos, Russ, let's ride, whatever he, he put, put his quotes the, in the, there. Yeah. So if yeah. you're not in our Facebook group, the Seahawkers podcast ring of honor, 
12, 12 a month gets you in. And there's all this weird behind the scenes content that ends <laughs> up in there sometimes like, like Vincent's art, uh, computer generated artwork that is very creepy looking. Oh, it's so hellish. Like, you know, what was that, the one that, that with, um, uh, Pat, oh, yeah. he, he okay, typed yes. in Pat McAfee teaches Russell Wilson how to swim. And it's like the weirdest art <laughs> image. That was? <laughs> that's hilarious. That that's amazing. So, yeah. yeah, they're, they're, they're hellish. They're grotesque. If folks are familiar with like, you know, the development of like androids and not the phone, but like, you know, actual Android development, there's this thing called the uncanny Valley. If you're familiar with it, which is like, it's the creep zone, right? It's like, it's, it's the, it's when, it's when humanoids or like androids get a little bit too realistic that they don't look robot enough, but they, but, but the human brain signals something's wrong with this. Mm -hmm. And it's like a very, it's not like a, it's not a learned thing. It's just like something looks off and it triggers a lot of different chemicals to fire in, in, you know, anybody who looks at this stuff. Um, it's like the difference me, between Polar Express and yes. the, the T-800 and, and Terminator. Yes, exactly. Precise right there. Polar <laughs> Express is the, is the straight, you know where that goes? It goes straight to heebie-jeebie land, the Polar Express, man. It is freakish looking, right? And uh, so he put these in there and and they're they're really ghoulish looking. They 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 evoke the same type of like, oh, what am I looking at? Like this is off. This doesn't seem right. I want to get out of here. However, the Facebook, uh, you know, Seahawkers Pod Ring of Honor is a lovely place, uh, even with the hellish, uh, ghoulish uh, things that Vince put up today. Getintheflock.com if if you want to become a member and and see part of that as well. And why don't we close this out, Clinton, and just recognize KJ Wright. Ooh, signing yes. a, a one-day contract so he can retire as a member of the Seahawks. Obviously, really important to him as you watch the video, you see him break down, and man, oh man, uh, it's it's cool to see. You know, I it was a bummer to me at first because I saw the Seahawks PR account tweeted out, KJ Wright signs with the Seahawks. And, that was and, and they didn't put anything about it being a one-day contract in the actual mm. tweet. And so then when you clicked on it, and then and then you see that it's a one day contract. I felt very trolled and upset, but then I I understood. I was for a second I was excited that KJ was coming back for one final season. Turns out one final day. Yeah, and, and it's and it was definitely sad. It was you know it was emotional. I had more emotion, and this is not like a Bobby versus KJ thing. Just the way it all went down. This was like the right way to do something, right? So the right way to bring a guy back after last year, which was a little bit maybe fumbled. Um, but the thing is like, you know, yes, KJ had the one year with the Raiders last year, right? But the year before, his last year as a Seahawk, he was freaking awesome. He was really, really good. So, you know, I'm, I'm very hopeful that you got the backdrop of a Lumen Field there that someday his jersey's up there, they retired, he goes into the ring of honor, I think he's totally deserving. He's that perfect kind of player that's like, yes, he's not a Hall of Famer. We all get that. However, from a Seahawks perspective and you know that LOB era, he's right there, man. Like he he is one of those absolute core pieces. So hopefully number 50 is in the Raptors one day. And I love that that he he's sticking around and Seattle is his place. So great place to land this one. KJ forever. And yeah, man, just love that dude. And and the way he, let's let's always remember. Let's finish on the way the dude would eat screens for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and fourth meal brunch, right? Every single screen, that dude just gobbled them up. And that's a talent. And I love KJ. Yeah. As Chris says here, we may have to 
nice. do a best of of Rabel calls with KJ plays. Yeah, we it's been a while since we've done a proper retirement episode. Gosh, I think I know we did one for Marshawn. Yeah, Lynch. Uh, yeah, remember that. Who else did we do one for? It's it's been a while. So KJ definitely. Oh, Cam. We did Cam and we did Marshawn. So okay. So uh, it's a way we're talking like he's right in that line, right? I mean, yes, Marshawn and and and, and Chancellor. You know, maybe that smidgen above in this in the sense of like the hierarchy, if you will. But KJ's right in there. Like you don't have that. That team's not that team without KJ. Right. It's just it he it ain't there. So he deserve he deserves it. Um, I don't know how much work that is for you, Brandon, but uh, but Chris is right. He is. Well, as we're doing programming notes, uh, maybe we could just mention the the fact that yes, on the on the Seahawkers feed, you're you're probably going to be hearing a an announcement here coming up soon. So we'll tease that a little bit. And this may be the last show with me on the Field Goals podcast feed. So I'm not going anywhere. But uh, I, I think it's it's time that we we move some shows over to the Seahawkers feed. And so, yes, if you're if you're used to getting us in two different places, that's that's going to have a little bit to, to do with this upcoming announcement. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We, we won't give away the ghost here. However, uh, you know, there's some breadcrumbs you left there, Brandon. <laughs> right. So it's uh, I think I think the smart folks could figure it out. But hey. One place is uh, easier than two places. <laughs> and that's that's why we're leaning that way. And so I just want to say thanks for coming on. Thanks for everybody tuning in live. And I think with that, Clinton, there's only one thing left to say, man. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.